You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1094 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, and I'm joined by friend of the podcast, one of my editors at Diamond Up Rocks, Bill DeFilippo. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm I'm doing okay, Brad. I mean, it's been a, I, I, I suppose, a quiet-ish week in the, the basketball world with uh, the uh, Brooklyn Nets telling Kyrie Irving to just not come around and Ben Simmons. Um, how would you describe what's gone on with Ben Simmons in the last day or so? Like, what, what the hell... Did he just like? Do you think he just like felt like going back to Philly? Do you think he like left his iPad at the facility? Like what? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. Uh, there were lots of funny messages and reporting about how Ben just kind of showed up at the arena. By the way, we we're recording this on Tuesday evening. I'm holding it for a little bit because of travel, so keep that in mind as we record this. But it is, uh, yeah, he just went to Philly unannounced. Apparently, by all reporting, was at the arena unannounced to get a COVID test but still doesn't maybe maybe wants to report maybe doesn't want to report and also like there's no end in sight it's not like he's just like cool and going to be on the team now for for good that they, they still want to trade him it's just very the whole thing is very insane <laughs> it's i've thought we're, we're doing this on tuesday at 6 53 p.m so it's been a good 18 or so hours uh since Woj went on tv and said yeah, Elton Brand just got a text that said, oh, hey, by the way, Ben's at the front door of our facility or whatever. That, <laughs> and I just keep thinking about how it feels like everything that has everything that happens with the Sixers has to get increasingly funny. And I just don't know how anything gets to be funnier than that. Uh, we'll see. Maybe they can maybe they can one up it at some point in the near future. Uh, <laughs> but it, that's good. That's good background. Um, our mission today, with you joining me, and thank you again for doing that, is uh, to talk about the top of the East because you know this is a Hawks podcast. We'll talk about the Hawks at some point on this on this show. But a lot of the discussion is kind of where the Hawks stack up. And in order to put that in proper context, you got to kind of talk about the other teams. And the consensus basically is that there's like a pretty clear top two, if healthy-ish. And then there's kind of like a top five or six that I think most people have that the Hawks are actually in. Before we talk about like Brooklyn and Milwaukee and other teams, do you have a favorite like sleeper? Like maybe a team that you wouldn't necessarily pick to be a top four or five C, but maybe could be like, you know, let's say out of the group of like New York and Chicago, there's some Charlotte belief that I've seen circling. Uh, Indiana, you know, Toronto still exists. I did a podcast last night where the Wizards were were uh, wrapped into this uh, middle group for some reason. I couldn't really figure out why, but they were uh, they were involved <laughs> in that. Uh, do you have a favorite of that group that can like maybe surprise, or are you are you just in the camp of like the top six of the top six? I mean, I'm I well, how are we to are, when you say surprise? Do you mean just crack into that top six for the regular season? Sure. And okay, so that, then I guess I'll say the Knicks only because I think there is a ton of value in just playing hard every night. Uh, I think that once you're in the doldrums of like uh, January, February, like those, that those stretches of games, just playing hard and having a bunch of 
guys who could potentially get you over that hump on the given night. Like that's just something really valuable. And they have a solid starting five. They have backups at basically all of those positions who are like legitimate NBA players. You know, they even have a guy like Todd Gibson who they could just kind of throw in and he'll reliably give you something not negative. So like I guess the Knicks, but the thing that makes the East so fascinating to me this year, uh, Brad, is that there are, there's, I would agree a top two. And then like that little bulk of uh, Philly, Miami, Atlanta, Boston. And then there's just this morass of teams where if Chicago's good, I, that wouldn't stun me if Indiana has a bounce back year. Wouldn't stun me. Charlotte wouldn't stun me. Knicks wouldn't stun me. Like Washington has a bunch of NBA players now, and I don't think they are going to be more than like the eight seed. But like they could be a feisty team. Toronto, feisty. Like it's just a fun year in the Eastern Conference, I'd say, because unless you are in uh, the fine cities of Cleveland <laughs> or Detroit, like or Orlando, yes, uh, definitely Orlando. Yeah, you, yeah, definitely. Oh, real big time Orlando. I think you should feel decent about your team's chances. Yeah, I think that's all fair. And it was interesting to kind of, it was this Locked On crossover event. And I was talking to the hosts of the Locked On Bulls podcast and Locked On Knicks and Pacers and this whole group. It's, it's just interesting to me. Like you can find optimism when you really look for it. Like with Chicago, it's the offense. And, you know, they have a lot of talent, obviously. Defensively, it's the question. But they do have a lot of offensive talent. The Knicks were pretty good last year and got better on offense. Now they probably got worse on defense, but um, that you know that mix could work with with Tibbs and company. You know, Charlotte's kind of fun, and Indiana I think is better than they were last year. When you factor in like they mm-hmm. don't have a coach that they don't hate, uh, that probably matters. Uh, <laughs> and he's like good. He's a good coach. Yeah, I mean Rick Rick Carlisle yeah. is good at his job, and you know if they had T.J. Warren, I'd probably like the Pacers more, obviously, because he would be helpful, and he's just still banged up. But anyway, I, I figured I'd at least leave with that to ask you, like, if you had a favorite, because I, I feel like I, every time every time I ask somebody that kind of question, the answer is different, or it's just like nah, there's a top six. Which is kind of where I am, but I do think that, like, for me, my favorite sleepers are probably the Knicks and the Pacers. The Bulls, I get it, at least. I mean, I've seen people that are like, Bulls, top four seed, and it's like, I don't agree with you, but it's not, like, the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. It's just that if you hate defense, then go Bulls, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I... God, I... This Bulls team is, like, I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch. Uh, I don't... I don't think it's crazy to think that Billy Donovan, who's just like a good defensive coach, is going to like put something together to make them pass. But like, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> he, might, he might be able to. I mean, listen, uh, if you can get a team that has DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic as, as principals to defend, then uh, all credit to you, is all I will say about that. It, uh, I, yeah, I mean, Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball are going to have to do some, like, do the Lord's work. And Patrick Williams. Um, I mean, it's basically those three guys, and yeah. like, you just got to hope and pray the rest of the way. But you can't uh, – here, here's a spoiler. You, you probably can't play uh, Caruso, Lonzo, and DeMar a lot together, I don't think. So there's only so much you can do. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before I ask you about the top of the East as well as the Hawks, we'll, I promise we'll talk about the Hawks on this podcast. A word from our sponsors on the show today, and the first of which is Prize Picks. Attention, NBA fanatics! I have to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know that you will too. 
Prize Picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, and it offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as all the bench players, that only, even if they only record a handful of minutes each and every game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of. In football, it's yardage, touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. In basketball, it's points, it's assists, it's rebounds, and much, much more. And every user that deposits and uses the promo code that we have here will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And that promo code is NBA. One more time, that promo code is NBA. You pick two to five players and an overrunner on their projections, you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you against the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries. You can take the overall on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry, and that goes for Trey Young as well. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Yes, you can do all of this in under 60 seconds. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to the App Store right now and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, Bill, let us dive into the consensus top two, and that is Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Uh, the Brooklyn thing is strange given the Kyrie situation. Uh, Kyrie seemingly won't be playing for the Nets, at least for a while. Uh, maybe something will change. Maybe, maybe he'll get the vaccine. Maybe he'll maybe they'll change the rules. But for now, as of Tuesday, he's not on the team uh, for the moment. Um, but still, they have an incredible amount of talent. I mean, you have KD and you have James Harden and you have a bunch of – they have some pretty good depth too, like under-the-radar depth. Yeah. So are they – I mean, are they – I guess – Two questions. Were they your favorite before the Kyrie absence? And are they, if so, are they still your favorite to win the East and maybe even the title? Well, the good news is uh, they have a better player than Kyrie and Cam Thomas. And I think Cam Thomas is going to step in and uh, shoulder that. I'm I'm just kidding. Although I am, uh, I think you were probably with me. Like, I cannot wait to watch Cam Thomas uh, get buckets. Cam Thomas gets buckets. There's no question about that. And they also have Patty Mills. Like, if it's it's Olympic Patty Mills, then good luck. And they got Javon Carter, who's like a good NBA player. Like that—that's to me. That's been the funny thing about this Nets team, and just the conversation around them. Like, yes, obviously you're going to talk about the two big stars. Yes, you're going to talk about Lamarcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap, Blake Griffin, Patty Mills, James Johnson. Like these veteran guys on cheap deals who are here to win a ring. But like. Their depth and just the number of younger guys that they have, like Javon Carter is a steady hand in the backcourt. Cam Thomas is going to score the bat. Like he is not going to do a single other thing, but that man is going to score. Like Nick Claxton, we've seen that he uh, can be a nice NBA player and they basically need him to be a nice NBA player because at a certain point they might have to run up against that guy in Philly or that guy in Milwaukee who are going to try and toss some dudes around. Like DeAndre Bembry has been around. He's done plenty of stuff in the league. So like I get the concern about Kyrie not being there. And yes, they were my no doubts favorites when they, when Kyrie was eligible to play for them. Now I think it's basically a coin flip with Milwaukee, but like, I think we forget that if Kevin Durant was one, wore one shoe size down and wore the shoe size that he is supposed to wear, they win that series despite against the Milwaukee Bucks in the conference semifinals, despite the fact that Harden like couldn't move and Kyrie wasn't there. So I think you have to say that Brooklyn is the favorite, but 
I'm certainly not going to sit here and say anyone should should pick against Milwaukee because I think the Bucks are also an exceptional basketball team. Yeah, that's basically exactly what I think, um, which is not great radio, I suppose. But it's like, you know, as long as the Nets have two of them, and in this case, as long as Harden and Durant are Harden and Durant, uh, I feel like I would pick them in a series against anybody, unless there were, unless there was like crazy injuries elsewhere. They have so much depth, and honestly, it might even be an issue how much front court depth they have. Like they have the list of you know former All Star big men that they have. They're no longer All Star big men. Like your Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap, Lamarcus Aldridge <laughs> trio up front, plus Nick Laxton. Like they have a lot. They have a lot of bodies. Uh, Bruce Brown is their probably their best power forward in some respects. Um, Bruce Brown rules. Like I agree. I, I want as much Bruce Brown as I can possibly get. Yeah, I uh, I, can, I concur. But I mean, you just can't guard KD and James Harden at the end of the day, and that goes against like everything I believe in. Like I'm I'm a defensive believer, and their offense is just preposterous when it's going right. Um, so, but if you want to say Milwaukee is the pick too, like I totally get that because Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, they lost PJ Tucker. That hurts them in the playoffs, I think, more than the regular season because PJ is definitely a playoff player at this point. He's kind of a, he's yeah. a switchy, interesting guy who's bad on offense. But you know, you figure they bring back Bobby Portis, they bring back Dante at some point because he's not he's not back yet, but he'll be, he'll be back soon. And they get Grayson Allen, who I don't think is great, but Grayson Allen. If you remember what Milwaukee was playing in with their like second unit last year he's better than what they had. Like they were playing Bryn Forbes and I was making fun of Bryn Forbes in the Hawks series. Like he, he was unplayable for most of the playoffs. They have more depth now between George Hill, Grayson Allen and Dante. Like they actually have some bodies mm-hmm. which should help them. And Giannis is pretty good, I guess. Yeah, he's fine. But like even on Grayson Allen, like Milwaukee is not going to ask him to do anything other than stand behind the three point line and just make the shots that are open, because which he can they do. Had the honest. And he was, he was at 39% last year. I mean, I, I'm, uh, how do I want to phrase this? Uh, I don't know how it's going to work, but I am excited that the Ojale factory is heading to Milwaukee oh, because yes. at the very least, at the very least, I think they're going to play him and see what they have there. Um, but yeah, when it comes down to it, it it's got like I think you would, do you agree with me? We're heading on a collision course where it's going to be, be Milwaukee Brooklyn unless like something insane happens with. Uh, Philly getting something incredible back for Ben Simmons or, you know, Atlanta turns their million guys into one exceptional guy, like that sort of thing. I mean, it may not be that cut and dry for me. I do think that I do think that that a couple teams could crash that party. I think if I, if you maybe Mm. pick pick right now, I would definitely pick Milwaukee versus Brooklyn. I know Hawks fans won't want to hear that, but I would pick that. I do think that honestly, and I'm going to sound like a homer, but you know I'm not, Bill, and our, I'm, sh- I'm sure Hawks fans will know that too, that I think I'm too negative. I think the Hawks probably have the best chance to make the finals of anybody that's not those two teams. Now, if Philly somehow pulls off a deal that gets them proper value for Ben Simmons at this point, maybe, yeah. that, maybe that changes. But I'm, I'm assuming that they're either going to have nothing where Ben Simmons is or a uh, an un- unhappy Ben Simmons or like... <laughs> Uh, some sort of package that's not equivalent to his value. Um, one of those three things, I think Philly, given that they also lost to the Hawks in the playoff series last year, I think, you know, Philly, you could say, is maybe better on paper if they have something equal, but they probably won't. 
And then, like, I'm not a Miami believer, which I'm kind of burying the lead on that. But I, I don't, I don't see it, man. I really don't. I mean, I, I, I guess I get it on defense in the playoffs because if you can play Lowry, Butler, PJ, and Bam together defensively, like you're pretty unbelievable. But can they score? I don't know if they can. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you know we'll just focus on Miami. Like, I think Miami has a very solid starting five with uh, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, and Bam Adebayo, assuming that's the direction they decide to go in. But Oh, hero slander right there. Hero slander, big time. I Well, that that's the thing. They are betting <laughs> so much on hero. Yes. And maybe he maybe being in a more limited role is something that's going to be good for him. There are guys who are just better when they are coming off of the bench and going up against second unit. Like, I'm not trying to say this to disparage it by any any means, but there are just some guys who, when they have a chance to get into a rhythm against a second unit, are really good. And maybe that's what's going to be good for Hero. But, like, you mentioned it. When it comes to scoring, I think Lowry, Butler, and Adebayo are going to be able – to move the ball around in such a way that they'll be able to get guys looks off of that. But like that's putting a lot on Duncan Robinson, who uh, I know obviously you are quite the big fan of. And I also tend to really like, and then PJ Tucker, who like, I don't want to disparage PJ too much, but I don't know. I feel like if you're banking on PJ in the regular season to the extent it seems like they might have to, unless they decide they're just going to like lock him in a cryogenic chamber and play Marquise Morris all regular season, like you're potentially running into some issues there. Like I like Miami. I think they are a team that is going to be good in the playoffs in part because I just don't think there's going to be a lot of belt tightening when it comes to their rotation in the playoffs. But at the same time, like, when you have six or seven guys you trust, that's a recipe for disaster during the regular season. Like, would you be would you be stunned to see Miami in the seven seed and being like if one of these teams in this top six takes us like falls down a little bit? I don't think I'd be stunned if it's Miami. Oh, not at all. I mean, for everything you just said. Now, I, I get it. They have a lot of talent. They do have a lot of defensive talent. If you are a hero believer. I'm not really, but at the very least, he can score. Uh, That's what he can really do, and the only thing he can do for the most part, but he can do that. But yeah, if you look at this roster, like I could get to maybe eight guys that I think are NBA rotation players on this team. Maybe eight. Like, And it's basically those five guys that you named, plus Hero, Markeith, Markeith, and Dwayne Dedman. Oh, I wanted you to say Max Struess. I mean, Max Struess is like maybe an NBA Max, player. We don't know that, though. Very, yeah, yeah, I get. But listen, I'm in the Max Struess. I mean, their I backup point guard is Gabe Vincent in 2021. That's that's the thing that's happening. Uh, I, I do like Max Struess, but like Omar Yurt 7, Javante Smart's on this team. Like, they don't have any, but they have no depth. I mean, yeah. and maybe if they stay healthy, it won't matter. And that's what they're banking on, I think. But in terms of regular season only Miami just is not my favorite makeup like in the playoffs if you tell me that they're healthy and you're only playing eight guys anyway then they become a lot more interesting to me but in the regular season I yeah. don't really get it yeah I mean they're they are Miami so like I I don't think anyone would be stunned if we're sitting here on you know January 1st and they've managed to convince a guy to uh 
sign as a free agent if there's someone on the market they could potentially get. Or they find a G League guy who they put into their rotation and he's doing well. Or they pull off some kind of trade because they're always tinkering. But, like, man, I I like – like I like Miami more than I'm probably making it sound like I do, but I can also see like the path where they are. They're a disappointment in that they're not living up to crazy high expectations. And then they quote unquote surprise people in the playoffs because they're the sixth seed. And like, you know, they're basically last year's Hawks where they end up getting a really nice, like a seed with a favorable path for themselves. That makes sense. And I think that could definitely happen. You can see the narrative forming a mile away. Um, oh, all right. God. Before I ask you about some Hawk stuff at the end of the podcast, a word from our sponsors on the show today, and the first of which is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is back and better than ever, and all eyes are at the gridiron this season as teams are back for another football season all across the country. And as always, BetOnline is your favorite and number one spot for all of your professional and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website right now at BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with BetOnline. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. And one more time, it is 50% on a welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON in their portal. From football, basketball, boxing, golf, tennis, UFC, baseball, your favorite casino games, and much, much more, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season with BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. With Built Bar, there are so many delicious flavors that there's always something for everyone, and honestly, it's difficult to pick just one. If you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites, but for me, I have more than one, quite frankly. If you don't know all the Built Bar flavors at this point in time, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, they have cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, German chocolate, and my personal favorite has to be cookies and cream. It's been that way for a long time, but even with my affection for cookies and cream, there are other options that are honestly just about as good and really they're fantastic for everyone that enjoys Built Bar. In addition to being extremely tasty and Built Bar is extremely tasty, they're also very very healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, the calorie range is 130 to 180, they only have 4 or 5 grams of sugar and they only have 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors all the way across the board, they're all tasty and they're all healthy. If you order today, they get the grass popper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. And if you go to built.com and use the promo code locked on, you're 15% off your order with Built Bar. Use the promo code locked on, 15% off at built.com. All right, Bill, let's finish or you can add anything else that you want to with, with some Hawks talk. Uh, you are an outsider, although you pay attention to the Hawks, you're not covering the Hawks every day. Uh, we talked about them a little bit and kind of put them in this tier and all that stuff, but. Uh, what's your perception of this team right now? I think I've been asking everybody that that's not around Atlanta because there is some interesting opinions out there. I was kind of preparing for a lot of preseason love for the Hawks that kind of hasn't come. Like, there's some people that have. You know, Zach Lowe picked the mm. third in the East, which is where I actually am on the Hawks this year. But for the most part, it's been like, okay, cute story last year, and they'll be pretty good this year, but more like four, five, six, something like that. Uh, where do you fall on them right now on, at this early juncture? Uh, you know, a lot of basketball to be played. Uh, I think they're total frauds. Okay, bye. And do <laughs> Time to sign off. Uh, Thanks, no, Bill. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. I mean, I think that they uh, kind of goes back to that thing that I said about the Knicks a little bit earlier, where I think they have a lot of NBA players. They have 10, 11, 
12 guys, 13, like they have a lot of really good NBA players. Like I'm looking at their depth chart on ESPN and in the row of their third string guys appears Cam Reddish, who like, I think is nice. I think he's a nice player. I don't think he's a franchise changer. And Solomon Hill, again, I think he's a nice changer, not a franchise. By the way, can we talk about the ESPN depth chart? I, I will, this is a this is a more niche thing that you will not care about, Bill. That's, but yeah. Hawks Hawks fans <laughs> Hawks fans know my ire on the on the ESPN depth chart. They've been very bad the entire time. Yes. So just that, yes. put, put that caveat out there because people, because you mentioned it, it's been a long running bit on this podcast how, how bad these depth charts are. But there you go. Yes, I had, I had but. Those are two guys who, like, are legitimately pretty good. <laughs> like, and those are guys who are going to have to work their way into the rotation. Jalen Johnson, summer league uh, superstar Jalen Johnson, is go- like is listed on the fourth string, going to have to work his way in. Onyeko Okongwu is someone who I'm very high on uh, by nature of following draft people on Twitter and as, listening to as, as you should be. And I wish to all the world yes. that he was healthy right now. It would be a lot more uh, fun early in the season. But, but even then, like if Onyeko Okongwu needs like to have his hand held on his recovery and it takes a little bit longer, that sort of thing. Like they have Clint Capella and Gorgie Jang. Like they have two very good NBA players able to play center. So like, I think the Hawks are just a team that on a given night, they can have someone give you something really good. And I think on top of that, Nate McMillan is a coach who is just able to get guys to play hard during the regular season. So you put those two things together and like, you mentioned the Hawks finishing third. I don't know if I would pick them to finish third because like, I just have no idea what is going to happen I basically with anything like something I think all everyone needs to understand about all of us is like yeah we know basketball we like basketball we also can't see the future and we're like just putting guesses on this so yeah the Hawks could finish in third like I wouldn't be stunned if that happens like really the only thing that would stun me about the Hawks is if they break into that top two but I could see them finishing third I could see them uh, in fourth because the Sixers have a better season than it looks like they might. I could see them finishing in the you know, bottom half of that top eight just because the East is that good and cutthroat. But if I had to put money on it, yeah, like this is a team that is going to be hosting a playoff series in the first round. And they, you know, if a few things go their way, maybe they could do that in the second round too. We almost canceled you during that answer, almost on this podcast. It was almost like, oh, Bill's teetering, Bill's teetering. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, that was... I think that's re- totally reasonable all the way around. And I-, I know I'm a little bit higher than national consensus on the Hawks and also lower than Hawks fans. And that's kind of my sweet spot, I feel like, right now. It's like Hawks fans think they're going back to the conference finals for sure and make it a run to the finals. And some people nationally are more like, uh, are we sure they're better than the Bulls and the Knicks? And, uh, and the answer to that is yes, we are sure. Uh, I- I th- I'll be surprised if the Hawks are not uh, a top four, maybe yeah. five seed. Um, and like... For me, the biggest appeal is what Miami doesn't have. To bring it full circle, my, the Hawks have so much depth. And last year, I, I know Hawks fans know this, but like th- that depth was tested so much because they had so many injuries. It kind of flew under the radar midseason. Um, but they literally have 12 guys you could trust in a rotation right now, maybe even more than that. Like they're, They have a non-guaranteed contract guy in Timothy Lewabacabro that would be in the rotation for like 20 teams in the league. And he's battling for a camp spot for the Hawks this year. Like, 
I'm not trying to overstate how good he is. He's not this incredible player, but he's a two-way wing that, like, most teams would like to have, I feel like. And he's their 15th guy on this team. Right. So, like, they, they, they have something that any team would love to have. And it is insurance in the event that their guy has a bad night. Like, if Trey is shooting, you know, five for 19 on a given night and he just doesn't have it, like... Okay, maybe Bogdan Bogdanovich, maybe DeLon Wright, Lou Williams, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, John Collins, Danilo Gallinari, they can provide the spark that they might need on offense. Like, there, it's, you know, to steal an old Sam Hinkie phrase, it's like they just have so many bites at the apple on a given night that, like, yeah, obviously they're going to lose games. They're going to lose a decent number of games because that, you know, everyone ends up losing a decent number of games. But, like, if you have to bet on a team having someone or some ones who are going to show up every night and they don't have LeBron or Giannis or, you know, like that stratospheric franchise changing level of guy that you could just count on every single night, not to say Trey's like bad or anything like that. Sorry. It's just like, there's like a stratosphere of super canceled again. Again, sorry. (laughs) I'm just saying they can survive if Trey doesn't have it on a given night, which is they can. something that, yeah, which is like something very valuable. And when you have a coach like Nate McMillan, who I think is pretty good at figuring out how you're going to approach those sorts of nights, because you're going to have everybody playing hard on a given night. I think that's a, that's quite the thing to have in your back pocket. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that the Hawks just haven't had to like in the past, they've had this black hole behind Trey and like, obviously he's awesome and he can carry them, but yeah. they just, every time he sat on the bench for two and a half years, basically they've just had very little. And once they got Lou in, it wasn't a disaster as much anymore. And now they have Lou Williams and DeLon Wright. And uh, I know you're a fan of Sharif Cooper and Sharif is uh, around. Let's go. So maybe he'll, maybe we'll see him along the lines too. So yeah, I think the depth there, uh, Fingers crossed on Clint Capella's health status. They need him badly defensively. But other than that, like those two guys are the two guys they can't really afford to be without for like long periods of time. But as long as they are uh, relatively healthy, they're in some really good shape across the board. And I know you are yeah. a longtime Cam Reddish stan from Pennsylvania days. So, well, I the thing <laughs> is like I do think Cam could be a useful player. I obviously don't think that like the guy who uh, in the elimination game against the Bucks and was just like a dead eye shooter and just totally in a groove is going to show up every night. He's a young player. Like he's not going to do that, but I think he has NBA level skills that, that if he were to hat, we were to look and see there are a few nights where he scores 25 points and gives them a little bit of an extra shot in the arm. That wouldn't surprise me. Can I ask you one Hawks question? Uh, Sure. Do you so whenever the um, whenever you know us at Dime or our <laughs> pals over at Bleacher Report or Sports Illustrated or any place does like a list of landing spots for player big name player X? Oh, yeah, it never feels like the Hawks are on there, but whenever I look at their roster, the big thing that jumps out to me above everything else was if. Damian Lillard, Brad Beal, you know, disgruntled star or mildly disgruntled star or just guy who needs a change of scenery here pops up. 
it's always weird to me that the Hawks aren't mentioned because they have just so much that they could use to go out and get someone. Is that a set? Like, I'm not asking you to go on here and say, like, if Bradley Beal becomes available, the Hawks are putting together a DeAndre <laughs> Hunter camp, right? Yeah, it's interesting to me. Like, on one hand, I've always kind of wondered the same thing you have about how the Hawks are not on those lists more often because they are very well suited to do that kind of deal if they wanted to or if they had motivation to or if someone is available like it has to be the right guy like for instance if it's dame lillard i don't think you want to go get dame lillard if you if you're a team with trey young on it um for instance if it's ben simmons right now i don't i think ben simmons is is a pretty bad fit with like clint capella for instance so like i don't think you want to go do that right now um but if it's bradley beal or you know donovan mitchell's been put out there in the past as like one of those one of those kind of guys or you know player x yeah, on one hand, I do think that it makes a ton of sense for the Hawks to at least be linked to that because they have so many cheap contracts, young players, good assets to trade. On the other hand, locally, there's like this divide about whether they have to do that or not. And it's I don't think they have to. I think there's this, and I, I get why people think this because most teams that win championships in the modern era have multiple quote unquote stars. And if you yeah. assign Trey Young to that tier, which I do, um, the Hawks don't really have another guy that's quite on that level. Like, I, I love John Collins. He's not quite on the, like, superstar level. Um, same with the other guys they have on their roster. Maybe Hunter gets there, but right now he's not there. So, like, traditionally you might want more than one of those guys, and to get one of those guys at this point for the Hawks, the way to do that is to trade for one of those guys. You can't really draft one, probably, if you're yeah. picking in the 20s. So, like, I can see both sides. I, I'm with you that they should be talked about more in these things, but I'm also not, like, urgently – saying that they have to do this eventually. And right now, like, there isn't that guy available. Like, the Ben Simmons thing is always talked about, you know, given that they, A, they can't trade Capella legally right now. He just got an extension. They can't trade him. Philly would have mm-hmm. no use for Clint Capella. And the Hawks have no reason to trade for Ben Simmons with Capella on the roster because they can't play together. So it's like, even if you were just in love with Ben Simmons, like, the fit doesn't make sense right now. So, and he's the only guy that's available. Yeah. So what, what are you going to do? Yeah. Mind if I... Oh, I bring this to go just a completely different direction because you just mentioned Ben. If I if I then uh, present a topic of conversation to you and see what you think about it. Always just with Ben. Always just with Ben. So the thing with Ben, you kind of, you mentioned this a little while ago about the three options Philly has with ha- he's not around. You have an unhappy Ben Simmons, or you get worse like worse player players than Ben Simmons. Like, you basically think those are the three approaches, correct? I don't want to put words in there. I mean, per, per, I can't really see them yeah. getting full value for Ben Simmons at this point. Okay. Maybe, maybe they will. Do, do you think that considering how weird that situation is and considering how bad Ben's skill set fits alongside Joel Embiid, who I think is a championship one. Like, I think you can win a championship with Joel Embiid as your best player. Oh, yeah. Do you? Do you think it is worthwhile to more or less do what they did last offseason with Al Horford and Josh Richardson and turning them – they turned both of those players into uh, Danny Green and Seth Curry, two guys who are ostensibly worse basketball players but fit better alongside Joel? Do you think there is value to the Sixers going, listen, let's turn Ben into – random speculation here – uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, and whatever else they might want to throw us from Indiana because stuff like that fits better around Joel. Uh, yeah, I'm actually probably 
more in favor of that than most would be. Um, my love for role players is well documented. But like, it, it really comes down to like who the GM of the Sixers is. Like, does Daryl want to do that? Like, Daryl like kind of famously like stars and like wants to hold out for stars. And this, I feel like if, if they were going to do that, they kind of already would have. Maybe I'm crazy, but I, I would like, I would actually like them to do that kind of thing. Um, would, would that be as good as getting you know? A lead creator for him, maybe not. But if it's if it's true with that package you just mentioned, you get a guy like Brogdon who could actually run your offense, mm-hmm. plus more. Like, yeah, I think that you can debate on whether it makes them makes them better, like you know, just straight trade value wise. But fit wise with Embiid and what they already have, then you can kind of easily see why that might be appealing. So if you get like a lead, I mean, that's the thing with the CJ McCollum thing that's been talked about forever. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But like Ben Simmons is better than CJ McCollum is. But the fit yeah. is just really clean everybody knows it so it's like and the money and the money fits and yeah exactly so long story short I, I do think that it would be worth philly exploring a ben for three different supporting pieces trade particularly if yeah. they all fit around and beat well because and yeah i mean it's the whole thing everybody knows this but it's basically if Embiid is playing at his optimal level that's what's going to carry them if, if he's hurt they're in trouble regardless of what they get and all that stuff so you might as well build around him yeah, and I don't think like I, I don't think they would find themselves in the situation that, for example, uh, team and guy that I know Hawks fans love, the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic find themselves in, where it's Luka, and then it's just a bunch of number three and number four options, and they just kind of lack those dudes who are just because like I think Philly's roster and what they would get back for Simmons theoretically are just better than that, but I like. To that extent, I do understand that fear of like you lack that guy who could be that second banana, that guy who you know you can trust on a given night, that sort of thing. Yeah, I can see both sides. I mean, I think just Daryl has a reputation for wanting stars and yeah, kind of mortgaging, exactly. mortgaging everything to get stars. And if he changes yeah. that, he changes that. And Tobias Harris, God love him, not not a star. He's he's a good player. I, He's a good player. He's a lovely person. Uh, every day he should send his agent. I think his agent might be his dad, so he should probably do this anyway. Uh, but he should send his agent a text and just say, like, listen, I appreciate it. <laughs> he is making quite a bit of money. All right, Bill. <laughs> well, that is uh, all I will keep you for. Unless you have final takes, feel free to get them off. If not, please plug yourself. And we mentioned a couple times that we work together at Diamond Up Rocks. But uh, anything you want to plug, feel free. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't, I, I don't really got much. Uh, Roar Lions Roar. Go stay. Yes, I, I, I exist on the internet. Uh, <laughs> you are, uh, I, I'm at Bill DeFilippo on, on Twitter, on Instagram, those sorts of things. I also, uh, if you are an Atlanta Hawks and Penn State football fan, uh, one, DM me, because I just, I just love to know that you exist. But there's a Penn State website called Roar Lions Roar, where uh, I have lately been having a very normal one over how uh, upset Kirk Ferentz is. Uh, there's nothing like you getting deep into the weeds of college football. So that's, uh, that's elite stuff. Bill, thank you for taking the time. We are going to go write about basketball now together. And uh, as for everybody else, please subscribe to this podcast. Please follow Bill. Uh, I recommend that at the highest level. And we'll see you all next time.